Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show about sports. That's right. That's Tom. I'm Mike, and uh, hanging out with us here in the studio is Eric. Heyo. Um, we're just kind of winging it today. No rundown or anything like that. Um, so Tom uh, is freaking out because nothing is structured. I need structure. You are freaking out. I get up Man. and go to Listen the bathroom to the at the same voice. time every day. He's terrified of what the show will become without structure. Just... It's already pretty bad, so... Yeah. Hey, we have one new post like. Thanks, guys. Um, my phone just went off. All right, uh, we're going to start off with the NBA. Uh, Tom and I were watching a game yesterday that I was having fits all the way through. Um, he was. I, I saw him do it. Yeah, so Kawhi Leonard went down with an injury uh, during the Spurs-Warriors game one yesterday. Um, San Antonio had been leading by 25 points. Um before the injury, and then they just kind of imploded. They uh, they were leading, and then uh, they stopped leading altogether. Yeah, and this is so. This is the second huge injury for them. Um, the first being Tony Parker uh, earlier in the playoffs, and uh, yeah, there's there's no way the Spurs will be able to keep up with Golden State without Kawhi Leonard. Um, I did find it funny though. After after the game was over, they went to Steph Curry talking to Doris Burke, and she asked what changed or something like that for them to come back from that 25-point deficit. And it's like, Kawhi Leonard got hurt. Like, But, you know, Steph can't say that. Right. But, he has to say something about, uh, well, we had a good long talk in the locker room. and uh, Coming together as a team and being able to overcome adversity and all that jazz. No, the real answer, what happened was what Kawhi happened Leonard was. got hurt. Yeah, so it wasn't, um, wasn't exactly... Uh, the most honest answer out of Steph, but um, so the final of the game was Golden State one thirteen, San Antonio one eleven. Um, it was close towards the end. Uh, it looked like it could have gone either way, but San Antonio didn't have a playmaker anymore. You know, Manu was doing his best. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge was putting it all out there, but he faltered down the stretch too. Manu is almost forty. Yes, he can't play forty minutes a game. Yeah, um, Lamarcus Aldridge uh, played forty minutes at twenty eight points. Um, Kawhi Leonard only played 23 minutes, but in those 23 minutes, he had 26 points and eight rebounds, as well as three assists. Um, Pau Gasol struggled, uh, only five points, and uh, Manu was able to put up 17 in 25 minutes, but that's too many minutes for Manu Ginobili at this point. Absolutely. it. He's He's got a role on that team, and it's uh, to not play that much. <laughs> 
he's he's their leader, but uh, he needs to lead with his experience and all that stuff. Um, so now uh, that sets the stage for game two. Uh, unsure if Kawhi will be back. Um, if he is, I don't think the Spurs are going to hurt too much in this series. They might still be able to take it seven. If he is, he may not play full minutes. Yeah. I mean, if he's not 100%, but he's good enough to go, then, you know, they'll try and balance it. Maybe maybe cut back his minutes and, and just give a few more to, to uh, the others. The others? Well, yeah. <laughs> and you have Kawhi Leonard, and then you have the others. The others would be Jonathan. Is this basketball or lost? <laughs> what, what are we talking here? The, the others would be... Uh, Guys like Jonathan Simmons, when, uh, Dejounte Murray. When does the smoke monster um, get some minutes? You know he's uh, he's still developing. Not a lot of skills there from deep. Uh, doesn't crash the boards well enough. Also doesn't have any. Puts arms up a good screen legs. though. <sighs> no. Come on, that's a basketball term. He did it. I know it is. He did it. He nailed it. <laughs> Don't be mad, Tom. <laughs> I'm not mad. It just wasn't very good. <laughs> it. It fit. It was an actual basketball term. That is uh, big for me. So Eric did I'm, it. I'm giving it to myself. <laughs> he he sported. He did indeed. He sported hard. Um. So tonight we have game seven. Why do they do this? Of yeah. No, it's, it's worse. So they have game seven of the Eastern Conference semis uh, between Boston and Washington. Still trying to figure out who's going to play against Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh. So. Game seven tonight, then you got game two of the Western Conference Finals tomorrow, and then the Eastern Conference Finals finally kick off on Wednesday. Because you can't, you, you have to have a basketball game every day. You can't have any days off. I don't know. It seems like they should have accommodated for that when scheduling the whole dang thing. Yeah, you'd think they'd want to do something like that, but, you know, we're talking about the NBA. They're not the brightest, uh, brightest bunch here. I, I think... Uh, I think they could do it better. They could uh, shift the uh, the Western Conference series a day. So they're only one game up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. The whole starting a new uh, a new round of playoffs before the last round is done. It's like I know I it's not know. ideal for uh, the winner of Boston Washington to have the game and then the next day have another game. But it's not like either of them are traveling far. Right. Um, uh, quick quick recap of their series. Um, games one and two. Boston won. Uh, games three and four went to Washington, game five to Boston, and game six, that one-point win by Washington uh, just uh, two nights ago. Um, Which uh, apparently uh, the NBA said in their uh, final two minutes uh, report that they uh, messed up. The The Celtics should have had an extra second at the end of the game. Yeah, so I hate the final two-minute report. Um, it, you're putting too much emphasis on that on that time period. Um, why why are those last two minutes more important than two minutes in the middle of the second quarter where they also shorted a team a second so they didn't get a shot a shot off at the end of the half? Um, because um, pe- uh, people are only watching the last two minutes of basketball games. Yeah, that is uh, that is an argument I hear a lot. Is that like people that, that is actually all I will watch in. unless unless I'm there live. I'm only going to watch the last couple of minutes of the game. And yeah. even then, I'm going to spend most of my time in the uh, in the food lines. Yeah. I just it doesn't make sense to me to either don't reveal any of it or reveal all of your mistakes. I right, guess is my I point. Mean, this was one that uh, people had noticed. Yeah. But still, I you know, I know I noticed that goaltending in the San Antonio game yesterday. 
uh, Golden State got called for a goaltend that was most definitely not a goaltend. And that, you know, what if San Antonio makes that makes that shot at the end of the game? Yeah. You know, then you've got your you know, you've got yourself an issue where that goaltending causes this issue, but nobody's going to talk about it. So, although it did balance we're, out cuz there was a goaltending later on that San Antonio got called for that was also bogus. We we're, we're talking about it though. Yeah. You can count on us. So the problem is we're talking about NBA officiating which is just downright terrible. Yeah, we need to not do that. It's Yeah. Well, the NBA has a habit of fining people for that, so we better watch out. Yeah. You guys are doing a great job out there. Yeah. Keep it up. Um, So I did turn on the Facebook Live. Hi, everybody. Uh, It looks like we have zero views right now. (laughs) Nobody else is awake. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not like we do a live show that people are listening to. Right. But, you know, I know a lot of people are uh, in the middle of their work day. Uh, That is the glory of working at nights is uh, we get to do whatever we want during the day. So, yeah, still no viewers on the Facebook Live. but So so on this beautiful... uh, early morning we are in a basement yes we are you guys uh you guys can see the studio here um we might do this from time to time hadn't really thought about it till now but uh maybe a nice way to expand a social media profile um and maybe people will view it later i know i got when i put up those Soundgarden videos i got like 20 views the next day yeah um it it's all about when people are on the facebook yeah Actually, that that was a lot of fun too. I went sound, I went to see Soundgarden on Wednesday with a friend of ours, Patrick, um, and uh, and they put on a hell of a show. It was it was almost as if it was the 1990s all over again. Yeah, yeah, which was you know better than now. Well, you know, uh, next month I'm going back to the 80s. What? I'm going to see the Iron Maiden. Oh yeah, I forgot you were doing that. Yep, should be a pretty good show. Oh, definitely. I've been wanting to do this for a few years now. Um, and of course, the year I decided to finally pull the trigger on it, uh, the closest they're coming is Chicago. Naturally, naturally. I've, yeah, I've had that same issue with a couple of acts. So, uh, all right. So we're going to head from NBA playoffs over to NHL playoffs. Um, both the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals are game in at this point. Yep. Um, Washington took one on the road in overtime, uh, winning two one against Pittsburgh on Saturday night. Ottawa. Ottawa. Sorry, I was still on that series because yeah. Ottawa took one, 2-1 in overtime. Um, and then last night, Anaheim defeated Nashville 5-3. to Actually, that was game two. That was game two? Yeah. That was game two. They did it too, didn't they? Did they start a series before the other one ended? No. They started a series and then had a day off and then... Ah, my mistake. Yeah, that series is tied 1-1. Nashville won game one. Sorry, everybody. I screwed up. And uh, Ryan Kessler is a big jerk. Yes, that's all. You'd like to elaborate on why? He is, he's just playing, uh... He does jerky an, things. He's just playing antagonistic hockey. He's, uh, at one point last night, he put his stick between uh, Ryan Johansson's legs uh, on the face-off, and the puck was nowhere near them anymore, and then he just dumps him to the ice. Yeah, that is his style. Actually, that's the Anaheim style, because Corey Perry is worse than Kessler. He elbowed the same Ryan Johansson in the face... And I don't think he got called for it. Yeah. No, I've never been a fan of uh, any of those guys, really. Getzlaff is probably the cleanest of them all, and he still does some shady stuff every once in a while. Um, uh-oh, our connection is weak. We may not be living anymore. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. We'll just leave it there. <clears throat> you are in a basement. That's true. Um, no, Getzlaff might be the cleanest one of them all, and he still does some uh, dickish things from time to time. Um, it, uh... Yeah, it's it's their whole team. 
I, I've disliked the Ducks for a very, very long time because of that. Um, Corey Perry is probably worse than Kessler is, though. Yeah, um, but he's not really the story uh, right now. No. He's actually not being worse. <laughs> kind of amazing. Um, so, yeah, game three of this series is going to be Tuesday night in Nashville. Um, you can catch that at 8 o'clock on NBC. Yeah, I tell you, if... Uh, CBC if the, uh, and NBC Sports. If the Ducks get off to the same slow start they've had in the uh, in the first two games of the series over in Nashville, they're going to have a heck of a time. Yeah. Because that is a very difficult place to play. Yeah. Very and difficult place. Loud. Very fast physical team they're facing, too. Um, I know we didn't get to do predictions or anything on this, but mine uh, was Nashville in five, so I'm still on track for that. Um, and then the other one, uh, Pittsburgh in six. So I didn't really pick anyone yet because i don't know these are both gonna be really good series um but i would like nashville and uh, ottawa to win yeah i mean that's just what i would want to happen it would be nice to see some fresh faces in the cup um but with my son being a penguins fan and many of my good friends being penguins fans i you know have to, i know more if anything him. you should be cheering against your son no no that's not how that works He's a he's also a Arizona Cardinals fan. So fears back when uh, the Cardinals beat the Packers in that overtime game, um, I was begrudgingly rooting for his Cardinals uh, to finish the job. And then they didn't. No, they did not. They got crushed by Carolina. And then Denver finished the job, which was good because my wife and my other son are Broncos fans. So everything worked out. Um, so speaking of the Broncos, uh, they are gonna re-retire the number eighteen. Uh, this upcoming season uh, for uh, Chapuka, uh, and they're also going to put Manning's name up there underneath it. Um, the Colts just announced they are also retiring Peyton Manning's number this season, uh, October 8th against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, as soon as they announced that, I hopped on SeatGeek, and I bought two tickets to that game for $50. Yeah, Tickets in the section that I purchased my tickets from are all the way up to $150 at this point. Um, so I'm either going to get to witness them retire his number or I'm going to make a fat stack of cash. Does it all depend on how high the number goes? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I paid an outrageous amount for his return to Indianapolis the first year in Denver. Um, so if it comes anything close to what I paid for that, I will definitely turn around and sell those tickets for that kind of money. Um, they love their Colts there in Indianapolis, but you know. Other than that, what do they have? They have the Pacers. Right. So And they're not, you know, they're barely making it into the playoffs each year. Yeah. Um, so the good thing about doing this on the Facebook Live, I probably won't leave it up the whole time, but uh, if we have any more technical difficulties, we at least have part of the show somewhere for for people to listen to. So That's true. Hopefully there will be no power surges uh, this week. We made it through last week's show, which I thought was great. I didn't think so. I hope that came through. Yes, <laughs> yes Mr. Worf. <clears throat> what is our incoming message, Mr. Worf? Uh, what's new with Tom Steele? Write a post. Oh, who's that from? <laughs> Pages manager. Yeah, Tom has his own page on the Facebook. You guys should check that out. Tom is an artiste. No, I'm an artist. Artiste. No, I don't wear the poofy hat and the pencil mustache. You should. No, I shouldn't. And smoke those really long cigarettes. I think you'd look fantastic with a pencil mustache, Tom. Whatever you say, man. We can go upstairs and draw one on you right now. We're doing a show right now. Yeah, so we can just pause that. You can't really just pause a show. 
Sure you can. Like you said, we don't go live. You'll ruin our flow, though. <laughs> yeah, that's something we need to worry about. We have no flow whatsoever, as was evidenced by that long pause right there. Well, see, I had a flow, but then we got interrupted by Worf. That's true. I was going to go from uh, retiring Peyton Manning's number to uh, they retired Derek Jeter's number That's where yesterday. I was. That's where I was headed, yes. Good segueing, Tom. Thank you. Um, uh, really nice ceremony. Um, a lot of people call him the greatest Yankee of all time. Um, I won't go that far. He is one of the... Yeah, one, yes, definitely. Uh, they unveiled the number two in his plaque over in Monuments Park uh, up there at Yankee Stadium. I do want to get up there and take a look, even though it's not old Yankee Stadium anymore. I do want to see Monuments Park one of these days. Um, the, uh, the Yankees did not win that game, though. Uh, they were down pretty big at one point. I want to say it was like 7 nothing at one point. Um, and uh, they had a chance late, but could not finish the job. Um, Are you talking about the Yankees game yesterday? Yes. Because they won 11-6 to yesterday. They lost 10-7. to That's not what my phone says. I watched the game, unless they had a doubleheader, which they very well may have. But the game that I watched, right after the... Yes, retire Yeah, right after the retirement ceremony, <laughs> uh, coming off all of that emotion, they lost 10-7. to They did have the tying run at the plate with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, grounded out. Back, I believe, back to the pitcher, and that was that. Ah, well, they won the second game, eleven to six. They won the first game, eleven to six. They won the first game, eleven to six. I was at the bar with our, with one of our former assistant principals from high school, Mr. Rupp, having a beer. Actually, we were sitting at separate tables. I just kind of waved at him, and went over and talked to him for two minutes. But uh, yeah, I was I was watching the game up at the bar because my wife had to work on Mother's Day. Um, She's so. your wife, not your mother. Well, yeah, but we have children. So uh, she did not get to uh, have any of Tom's delicious Mother's Day dinner that he cooked for our mother. It was delicious. Yeah. Uh, you, should, uh, you should all tell your mothers to be jealous of the delicious meal that I cooked. That's true. You should. Your moms are missing out. Um, so the Yankees, after splitting that yesterday, 22-13, uh, and 13, uh, half a game up on Baltimore, 22-14, and 14, and uh, Boston is four games back at 19-18. and 18. Uh, I did not really see this from the Yankees this year. Uh, you, uh, I, I think it's, it's good that they're succeeding without buying players, you know, without being the highest bidder. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of these guys, they are, they are acquiring through, um, through trades or through drafting their own players. Um, and you got a guy like Starling Castro is playing very well for them right now, uh, batting three thirty eight on base at three seventy three, uh, seven home run, twenty five RBI. Um, you got Aaron Hicks and uh, is it Aaron Judge? Is um, it also Aaron? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, each with uh, twenty walks on the season. Um, Judge with fourteen home runs, um, which is um, outlandish. Yeah, I think is the word. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive what they're doing up there in New York. Like I said, I, I did not see this coming. I thought it was going to be a three-horse race with Baltimore, Boston, and Toronto. Um, and obviously that's uh, not working out for Toronto, 17-21. and 21. Although they are 8-2 and two in their last 10. Yeah, they um, uh, have uh, started to play like the Toronto that we thought they would be. Yeah. Uh, another basement dweller doing well right now, Kansas City at 17, or 16-21, and 7-3 in their last 10. Wow. Um, so some of these uh, some of these basement teams turning around and 
trying to climb up the standings a little bit. Uh, out west, uh, Houston leads the entire AL, uh, 26 and 12, seven and three in their last ten. Uh, you know, we said they just split with the Yankees. Um, Again, not expecting this from them this year. I was. I did pick them to be uh, the winners of the West. Um, I thought it was going to be a little bit closer, but they're seven and a half up on Texas right now. Everyone else in the West has a losing record. Um, and over in the NL, uh, you got Washington at twenty-four and thirteen. Uh, they're seven and a half up on the Mets. Everyone else in the East has a losing record. Um, the Cubs game under five hundred in the Central. Uh, still, s- still struggling for them. Three and seven in their last ten. On the flip side, St. Louis is eight and two in their last ten and have climbed to twenty-one and fifteen. Uh, and out west, uh, that's really infuriating, by the way. Oh, that St. Louis came back after that crummy start. Yeah, well, and after last season's badness. Yeah. Why couldn't they have stayed bad? Oh, they weren't exactly bad. They just missed out on the wild card. Why couldn't they have stayed bad? <laughs> um, out west, uh, Eric's Diamondbacks have. Uh, Kind of fallen off here, four and six in their last ten. They've dropped a third. They're now behind the Dodgers. <sighs> Boy, I tell you, um, if you had told me five days ago that the Diamondbacks and Pirates would split the series, I would have looked at you and laughed at you and then cried a little bit because I knew that wouldn't be true. <laughs> but they did. They, they did? They did, but you know what's more uh, upsetting than the losing of the two games that we lost at home is the losing of the three players we lost during that series. That took its toll on that series far more than the than the two games did. That um, and the losing of the no-hitter. Yeah. I was rooting for Granky to get the no-hitter. Yeah. Only gave up the home run gave to Polanco. Gave up the solo home run. Um, it's probably... He was getting up there in pitch count, yeah. and they were getting close to the point where they would have said, all right, got to pull you anyway because yeah. we're not going to let you ruin your arm for the rest of the season to try to get the no-hitter today. So yeah. it's, it's always good that he got that he, that that he, he gave got it up. broken up yeah. um, and that we still won. The, that I was worried that he was going to get broken up and then Rodney was going to go out there and blow the save again. Right. So uh, thankfully, Mr. Crazy Hat did not blow the save, and uh, we got that one at least. Actually— so this does lead into a bigger discussion that I, I did want to have. So you got a pitcher on the mound. He's getting ready to throw, you know, he's he's on the verge of throwing a no-hitter, but he's got 100 pitches going into the ninth. Do you let him try to finish it, or do you pull him, or does it matter who the pitcher is? Like, would you would you pull a guy like, uh, oh, we just lost our uh, Facebook Live. I'm just gonna go ahead and post what we have right now. Um, you know, do you, do you maybe pull a guy like uh, Matt Harvey, who's had some arm issues, and you know, or do you leave him in and let him try to finish it, or does it matter if it's a guy like Jake Arrieta, who already has two no hitters? Well, I think it it matters who the pitcher is, and also when in the season. Yeah, if it's you know the first third of the season, you you don't. No, I would think that you do because you can slide in an extra rest day then. It really depends not only on when it is in the season, but also what the rest of your rotation looks like. Right. Like for me, like I would have loved to see Granky throw that no hitter. But if he'd have gotten through the eighth still with a no hitter, I would have been very uh, worried if they'd have let him go out in the ninth because we're already missing one of our starters. Right. We already lost two of our relievers. Um, we're you know this series we we had uh, position players dropping like flies. You know we can't afford to to have our ace throw out his arm. <laughs> right. And when when you're having a season. That that you have a legitimate shot at making a run for the playoffs. You know, it's early still, but you're not in a position right now where you can write it off. Yeah. Does so. You know, they had to uh they had to put Grinky in as a pinch runner yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they put Grinky in as the pinch runner and uh Corbin in 
uh, one of our other starters in as the pinch hitter because we were out of position players because we had lost two position players um, that day yeah. already, and uh, we had lost one previously to a uh, 93 mile an hour fastball to the face at the in the. Uh, Second game of the series. That'll do it. You can't so, complain about that. I can absolutely complain about that when the Pirates have almost 30 more people hit by pitches than any other team in the league. I can absolutely complain about that. We hit one guy. You guys are hitting everybody. Yes, but only one guy in the face. <laughs> yeah, Chris Nyaneta took a 93-mile-an-hour uh, fastball right to the mouth. Uh, he broke two teeth. Uh that just when they say tooth fracture, that just uh, that hurts me. That hurts me. Uh, we were talking on the way home uh, last night. We were talking about the Tony Parker injury for the Spurs. Uh, he uh, had a ruptured tendon, uh, and we were talking about how the word rupture is like the <laughs> worst possible word. <laughs> and the only thing I could think of that was worse than a ruptured tendon was a couple of years back when Manu Ginobili had the ruptured testicle. Yeah, like those two words together. <laughs> That is the worst combination of words you can have in the English language. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely not good. But yeah, yeah, break, yeah, breaking a tooth that that is that is up there yeah, for sure. Two um, fractured teeth. Yeah. They they put him on the seven day concussion uh, DL just to be on the safe side. He said he, yeah, I mean, he was he was in the clubhouse yesterday saying if they need me I'll go out there and play. Yeah, but you know safety first and all that right. and all that mumbo jumbo. So I'm hoping he'll be back in seven days, no problem. Um, the other guys we don't know yet. They just had one one went left with tightness in his glute which okay you know that could be nothing it could be something serious you never know right um and then the last guy went out at the end of the game there he went out with a groin issue which took him out of spring training this this year earlier too so uh we'll see if we see him back uh, our starting pitcher who was out shelby miller he just uh had his tommy john surgery uh three or four days ago something like that so uh, we've got a little bit of time before we see him back. Yeah, that trade's turned out to be a bust. You know, wh- he was pitching really well for us until he until he hurt himself. Yeah, well, not <laughs> he was he was kind of a bum last year, and yeah, he was doing all right this year. But then the Tommy Johns and you guys gave up Dan, uh, Dansby Swanson for that. I think that was a pretty huge mistake. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, see how it turns out when he comes back. Um, and I see a lot of these guys come back from Tommy John better than ever, and so hey, if if we can uh, get well, a supercharge re- out of him for it, then you're re- you're <laughs> removing it tendon so that they don't have to worry about it tearing as one does yeah and that's getting i don't know that that whole thing is getting to be a little out of hand uh you have you have kids who are electing to get the surgery to save themselves down the line yeah i don't like that I don't think I'm not a big fan of elective surgery at all, whether it be for cosmetic purposes or for uh, you know phys- you know for for athletic purposes. Well, if it's not needed, I can understand if it's to the point where it's like, okay, you know what, that you've already worn it down to the point where you might rip it very right. soon. Okay, that's a different story. Then it's like, okay, I can wait until it rips, or I can go ahead and have the surgery now. But just when like. Just in case I get big and end up having to throw a lot, I'm going to go ahead and have this surgery in advance. Yeah. I don't no, like that. Not, not a huge fan the way of I it. see it, it um, I think it should be considered a performance enhancer and banned until it's necessary because that's what it's doing. Yeah. They don't have to worry about pitch well, counts as much. I mean, it's not really enhancing their performance. I mean, it's they're not throwing faster because of it. They're not getting better break on their ball because of it. And it's it's not it's not improving their pitch counts. I mean, they're, you're still going to be on a you're still going to be on a pitch count for the season. I mean, even after Strasburg came back from his, he's still on a pitch count every year. It's not any more than it was. It's just you don't have to worry 
about tearing it after that. Well, right, but see, but I get, I get what you're saying. Know, I, I understand Adderall where you're coming from. Adderall is not from. making these people hit balls harder. Right. It's just making them, uh, you know, stay awake for the whole game, which is a real issue for some people. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I get where you're coming from. I do. Um, you know, if it's if if they're going uh, through this surgery as an elective, that should not be allowed. Yeah. No. I. I yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't like the idea, and I don't like the fact that it's 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 becoming more appealing to younger and younger kids playing baseball. Yeah, you know that's that's the part that's worrisome little, to me. Well, and that's the problem. Timmy is that, out there with his t-ball team. Well, that, that's the problem I see with your theory about banning it. You ban it in the MLB. All that's going to do is be, make people be like, "Well, I better get it done before I get there," because then they can't. You can't turn around and be like, "Oh, you you can't have come in. You can't come into the league if you had this surgery when you were younger," because they can't. They if couldn't you do had that. it elective, they, when you they were still younger. wouldn't be able to. They can't uh, prematurely ban you for something you did before you were in the league. They can only tell you what you can and can't do while you're in the league. Yeah. So if they, they can tell you that you have to have a tendon in your arm, <laughs> but then that then what happens to the people who did have to have the surgery? And then they're like, well, I had to have it because it tore when I was in college, but now now I can't get into the bigs because I had to have this surgery. That's, yeah. that's not going to work either. So I think uh, really it, ju- it just should be up to the, the doctors to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You don't need this surgery, so I'm not going to do that surgery. Uh, unfortunately, then the checkbook comes out and the doctor says, oh, yeah, you need this surgery. Yeah. That is how it works. But that's how it'll work if it's banned unless it's needed as well. You'll always have that doctor who's willing to say, oh, yeah, I saw the MRI. It looked like he needed it to me. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Looking ahead in MLB action, um, Zach Greinke takes the mound tonight against the – or tomorrow night against the uh, New York Mets. They got a series starting up. Um, The Mets are trotting out Tommy Malone because their pitching situation is a mess. (laughs) Matt Harvey should be back from his suspension uh, and ready to pitch this week. Uh, They're still without Syndergaard for the foreseeable future, and otherwise they're just downright terrible. Yep. Um, So that should cure what ails the uh, Diamondbacks coming up this week. Sure hope so. I mean, we got Godley on the mound today, and he, for a guy who just came up from the minors for – to, to fill a starting position, he's pitched very well for us. That te- that tends to happen, though. Until hitters get a lot of tape and get a good feel for what a pitcher can do, that tends to happen. You'll see that with, with hitters it, coming up, too. You usually see it one way or the Like, it's usually one extreme or the other. Yeah. Either they come up and they're really good because nobody's seen them, or they come up and everybody lights them up <laughs> because they're just because like, they don't ah, have Because they don't have minor the stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, yeah. oh, you got a decent fastball, but where's your curve? Oh, that's right, you don't have one. Yeah. So... When all you're relying on is fastball and maybe a changeup, and that's it. Right. Uh, it doesn't take long for these big league hitters to make the adjustments, and you usually only make it once or twice through the the order before they start lighting you up. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, typically true of, of any starting pitcher. Most starting pitchers, you'll get through the lineup twice with minimal damage, and then once you start in that third time, that's when you're going to start walking more guys and you're going to give up more hits. That's why it's important for starters to have a third or even a fourth pitch yeah. to turn to because it's possible if a good starter can get through the first couple of times through the lineup only using a couple of their pitches. Yeah. And then when that third time comes around, they can start mixing in that third pitch they got, and if they've got it working, if they've got all three pitches working, then it, it becomes a lot harder for hitters to, to get you because they're looking at it going like, a, I, re, I have no idea what, you know, it used to be I could flip a coin, I was going to get the uh, the fastball or the slider. And now yeah, you can, sit, you can sit on one for an entire at-bat, and you're going to see it once because no pitcher is going to throw three consecutive sliders. Right. 
Unless you're Randy Johnson and can get well, away yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Aside from aside from guys like Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, when, when you can Roger throw a Clemens, slider that consistently looks like it's perfectly not... in the strike zone, but then ends up hitting the batter on the back foot, yeah, <laughs> then you can get away with throwing it a few times in a banana in a bat, yeah, in a single at bat. I tell you what, if they would have had that jersey in your size when I was at the sports shop the other day, I would have uh, bought it for you. They, I might, that would be one of the few. I don't like jerseys with names on them, typically because guys get traded around so much. It's like all of right. a sudden I'm wearing a you know wearing a jersey that for a guy that doesn't even play on our team anymore, but somebody who's retired from our team, somebody who's in the Hall of Fame, the key wearing the Diamondbacks hat. The key, okay. The key is to buy the jersey as soon as they sign that six year contract. <laughs> That's it's a pretty good indicator that you're gonna be able to get some use out of it. Um, yeah, I think the the only uh, Diamondbacks jerseys that I think I would personally purchase for myself with a name on them would probably be Johnson for sure, uh, possibly Gonzalez. Yeah, I, I like Gonzo, and you know he's with the team now, he's, right? Know, in the front office, um, and then I, I would probably go ahead and uh, and do a Goldschmidt too, yeah. just because he's. Oh yeah, I mean he's yeah he's there, he's been there, he's gonna be there, and that's there are those cornerstone players like Mike Trout. Angels fans, buy all the Mike Trout jerseys you want because he's not going anywhere, <laughs> you know. Um, and for you know for the Pirates for a long time, it's been Andrew McCutcheon. You cannot go wrong buying a McCutcheon jersey. And now this past off season, they're talking about trading him and everything. But still, McCutcheon has been so important to the franchise that once his career is over. You're going to be perfectly fine walking around Pittsburgh wearing an Andrew McCutcheon jersey. Oh, yeah. You know? Especially that's, with all the stuff he's done off the field for yeah. for the community and all that. Yeah that's, yeah, that's another thing, too. You pick a good guy. You know, like, for me, I, I walk around with an Anthony Rizzo jersey on when I go to Cubs games. Because Anthony Rizzo is one of the better people in Major League Baseball. If he got traded tomorrow, I'd still wear it because he was still such a huge part of Chicago. And he is such a wonderful person outside of the game, which you don't see a whole lot. Yeah. Um, Around 2002, I uh, came this close to uh, buying a shilling jersey. He, what he put what up a fool fingers. I would have been. Good work. <laughs> For those of you on the Facebook Live, he put Good up his fingers about work. this far apart. Yeah. And he said this close. That close. <laughs> I didn't know you had that going again. Yeah, I, I turned it back. Yeah, I flipped I it back gone. on. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would have that been a crappy one to have. Um, that's, man, like the Red Sox and, and, and Yankees fans have it so easy because they don't have names on there. And Giants fans, they don't have names on theirs. Guy gets moved, you're just hanging out in a number eight jersey. Doesn't matter that it used to be Buster Posey. You're just hanging out in a number eight jersey. It's like what? I like somebody, somebody will wear it. And actually, that as long as you don't get an eighty-eight, that is my favorite. That is that, avoid that's that. my lucky number. Is is number eight? So yeah, I'd be able to walk around rocking the number eight jersey and be like, no man, it's my lucky number. I yeah. so uh, I'm thinking about getting one of the yellow pirates oh, pullover. Jerseys. Oh, I just told the story about your uh, terrorist supporting Bumblebee jersey the other oh, night. Yeah. 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 Um, we had a guy who ran a sports shop here in town uh, a few years back. Uh, he was busted on some gun charges and had a list of names. And uh, Tom Tom had purchased uh, a Ben Roethlisberger Pittsburgh Steelers Bumblebee jersey from this guy's shop, so we always joke with Tom that he helped fund terrorism. I don't think I have that anymore. No? <laughs> no. Yeah, we always joke around that he he funded a terrorist organization. Oh. Well, you've uh, put gas in your car, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so guess what? <laughs> that's that's for another show. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I don't know. I think uh, those yellow ones, man, they're so good. They are, but like I don't know. I I feel weird when I wear yellow. I just well, that seems like a you. Like problem. I'm all like, hey, look at me. <laughs> 
Like you just you just want to be seen. Yeah, like you just want to make sure you're like, hey, in case I'm crossing the road, oh, I'm not gonna. Oh, I better stop. There's a guy wearing a bright yellow jersey yeah. in the middle of the road. I better not run him over. Although I reckon they look way better on the players than they do on anyone else. Um, you know what? Before you make your decision, just go to a game and just kind of scan the stands, and then. You'll see if it's a good idea or not. Well, if, I, if I tuck it into my jeans, oh, God. oh, that's always a, that's always the way to go. If you're not tucking your jerseys into your jeans, you're just not wearing jerseys, right? And uh, I mean, the players tuck them in. Yeah, Jeez. I mean, and definitely a little bit anyway. Definitely like to leave that billow just so they can get those hit by pitches that don't actually hit them. Right. Definitely go with the boating shoes as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And now you can wear the boating shoes at work, so with, you can get away with it yeah. with. Sucks. Is there anything yes. specifically in the uh, in the policy for dress code against baseball pants? You know, I don't think there is. Hmm. Uh, so you could go full baseball uni because well, cap- it doesn't say you can't wear cleats either. True. Well, capris are allowed. Yes, capris are allowed, yeah. and they are essentially capris if you do the long socks. Ah. So I think we can. Uh, but if you do the long full socks, baseball then uniform, then your shins get with all the stir- sweaty with the stirrups. Your shins gotta have get all them stirrups. And it's, I don't like sweaty shins. Like whenever, to call them foot suspenders. Whenever I, uh, whenever I uh, create a player uh, for the for the show, I always put him in the in the high pants and the stirrups, just because nobody does that anymore, and it looks ridiculous. Always my favorite way. To, there were quite a few people doing that over the weekend, though, with the uh, for the whole for the Mother's, Mother's Day, Day yeah, with the pink stuff, and so there were a lot of people showing off just how pink their socks were by, yeah. by doing the short pants. I was like seeing the pink bats out there. It's for me that's the funniest part of it all. I'm sure the I, I gotta imagine that the pitchers hate it. Oh yeah, all those bright pink bats. Like I don't know, it just seems like it would get a throw you off a little bit. Yeah, they seem to. I mean, it's not like I don't know, hey, guys, Mother's Day weekend. There's fifty thousand more home runs than any yeah. other weekend. No, it's it doesn't hey, you got, seem to affect the you game. You got guys like Yoenis uh, Cespedes with those lime green uh, sleeves that they wear. So I mean, that's yeah. just as distracting as a pink bat would be. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not a fan of the compression sleeves. In in any sport, be it baseball or basketball, or you don't see them a whole lot in football. Well, uh, you obviously don't have problems with circulation. I do. Maybe it, you should wear some compression sleeves. Um, but I don't think they all wear them for those reasons. I think they all wear them because one time Allen Iverson put one on, and <laughs> yes, Allen Iverson has set the. Set I mean, the, really, uh, really, like I'm trying to think of the stage. first person that I ever saw do it, and I'm, it was Allen Iverson, and then the next season it was in the NBA everywhere. <laughs> Because he was extolling the values Absolutely of uh, compression sleeves and how they give him better circulation yeah. into the, his handle areas. His handle areas, you know, like He's an handle guy. I don't think handle because he, he handles the basketball so well. Yeah, yeah. You weren't just putting ul onto the end of hand. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> um. Oh, jeez. All right. So speaking of Allen Iverson, I have two rants about ESPN Radio. On the way over here, for some reason, I don't know why I do this to myself. You know I, you're gonna. This is what's gonna keep us from getting that deal. Uh, if you do these rants, we're I had never it, gonna get a show on them. I had it on. Uh, I had it on Dan Levitard's show, and they're they're quote unquote talking about the uh, Spurs Warriors game, and he's refusing to talk about it. Like he's just he's not talking about it. And for a little bit, he was refusing to refer to Kawhi Leonard by name. And it was just, it was the dumbest thing, and that's his shtick, being that kind of guy. Um, but then he starts mocking Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard has cornrows. That 
doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's mocking Leonard for for wearing cornrows because no one else wears cornrows anymore. Okay. So then they spend like five minutes trying to think of NBA players who wear cornrows. And obviously Allen Iverson is what reminded me of this because he was known for that look. But seriously, Levitard, you're, you're talking about a man's hair? That's what your, t- your takeaway from that? Um, and it was an amazing game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I won't deny that. I'm not thrilled with the outcome or or how they got to that outcome or what the rest of the series looks like. But you're going to mock a man for his hair? Well, uh, when you yourself are just a sad, sad man, that tends to be the things that you do. Yeah. I, just, I don't know why I do it to myself. I'll get back in the car after the show, and he might still be on, and I'll listen to it all the way home, and I'll get just as angry. Um, the trick is to not, to not listen to it. Yeah, I know. I know. I do it to myself. It's like on the internet. Don't read the comments, but what do I do? I read the comments all the time. You know, the thing that I don't really understand is why they weren't talking about what everyone else was talking about, how uh, many, many people on the internet were saying that uh, the the guy who... Pachulia? Uh, Pachulia injured Kawhi Leonard on purpose. Kawhi I, Leonard doesn't think so. Pachulia doesn't think so. Nobody on either of the teams thinks so. Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, it's that story has gotten some traction. I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about it or not, but since you bring, bring it up, yeah, I don't... No one's going out there on a basketball court with the intent to injure anybody except, except Draymond Jermaine. Green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so I... He was contesting the shot. Yeah. It, yeah, it was not malicious by any means. Um, I mean, is, is it the uh, the Spurs player on the bench? Is it his fault the, the first time he got hurt? Yeah, yeah, the first time. Yeah, Kawhi, he, may, he, he takes the shot, and as he's stepping back and landing, he lands on a teammate's foot. That wasn't on purpose. The teammate was sitting on the bench. So how are you going to say that Pachulia was on purpose? It, it's just, yeah, people saying that, I'm not I'm not a fan of that, and I'm hoping that it's not Spurs fans talking like that. I, you know, well, I don't know. We've been very classy throughout uh, I don't, I the don't years. I don't know anyone's fandom on the Internet. Right, right. No, I mean, unless, well, unless it's the comments on uh, on NBC Sports Talk, and then everyone says, well, I'm, I'm a this fan, but. Right, yeah. Or, or hey, blank fan here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't get that. But um, and then the other rant I had against ESPN Radio. So I'm on the way home uh, yesterday or two days ago from work, and a couple of morons on ESPN. I didn't catch their names. They claimed that the first big three in NBA history uh, was Boston, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen in 2008. Um, now, let's just assume these guys don't know anything about the NBA before LeBron James. Yeah, that being the case. Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker came together in 2002 and had won three championships together before Boston formed their big three. So that right there. And number two, Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in uh-huh. the 80s. Yep. And the Celtics had big threes all throughout their history before 2008. If you get paid to talk about sports, and we don't get paid for this. No. And we make, we make mistakes, but we always come back and we let you know and we apologize for those mistakes. But if you're going to get paid to talk about sports, don't say asinine things like this. They are not the first big three in the NBA. They're not even close. There were big threes back in the 50s or 60s, you know? I, I can't verify that, but I'll uh, take my word for it. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you go on that yeah. one. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, if you're going to get paid to talk about it, at least do the job right. Um, A cursory search will lead you straight to the uh, 1990s where... The Bulls had big threes 
at least six times. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Jordan Pippen Rodman. Yep. <laughs> you know, a, a, f- a friend of mine did point out um, that possibly they were referring to the fact that Boston, uh, they had only drafted Pierce and they brought these other guys in through a trade and free agency. But they repeated themselves like two or three times with no um, no qualifications on it whatsoever. Even so, even still, that's probably not the case. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that 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 it was the qualification. But and you know, had they only said it once, I may I maybe would have given them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they were talking about this free agency based creating super teams. You know, players creating super teams. Um, which in that case, yeah, they kind of are the first one where the players crafted it. Right. Um, and then obviously Miami and now I mean, Durant this, going to Golden State. This is, this is a league where the player chooses the team, not vice versa. Yeah. If you're good enough, you get to play wherever you want. Yeah, I. which, I mean, there there are merits for the draft. There's uh, There are arguments against the draft, and I get it. Like, you know, if when you come out of law school, you're not – you know, you're not drafted to right. to a to a law firm. I get it, but at the same time, when yeah. you're when you're when you're in an industry like this, you need that competitive balance because, uh, believe me, people are worn out on the Warriors right now. People are worn out on the Cavs right now. Yeah, like I I thought it was great when they were going for the record. Uh, I thought that was one of the two most entertaining things going on that season. Um, the other being Kobe's last year. Yeah. Um, Although I like the way Tim Duncan handled his much more than I like the way... Uh... Well, he didn't really ever say it was his last year, you know? Kobe had his retirement party, you know, his year-long retirement party. Yeah. Which is fine. I, I don't begrudge an, an athlete their uh, their farewell tour. Yeah. I mean, if if you want to think about it, look at how many times the Rolling Stones have, have had a farewell <laughs> tour. Right. They love it so much they keep doing it. Right. It was but it was it was interesting to see the contrast. Um, you know, his entire career Kobe was the me first guy and Duncan's entire career was team first. And so it was very actually I um I was just reminded of a tweet that I had when Duncan retired. Um I, I put up uh fake quotes by them. Uh Kobe, I'm retiring. Me, 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 celebrate me, Tim Duncan. Nothing. <laughs> and it, it is it's 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 the way that they that they approach their careers. Yeah. Um, which there's nothing wrong with being the me first guy. It's worked out great for you know plenty of players. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, LeBron, you know, all with multiple rings. So it has worked out for them. And the, you know, basketball is a sport where really one player can carry a team. Yeah. For a good while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Elite NBA players and NFL quarterbacks. The only two athletes that can carry a team. Yep. A goaltender cannot carry uh, an NHL team. Well, not anymore. And uh, yeah, that, it, not since Wah and Brodeur retired. Right. Um, and you know, a top goal scorer cannot carry an NHL team. Not since you know? Gretzky retired. Right. Even so, I mean, he wasn't in the finals every year. Yeah. And and his his Oilers teams were stacked when he was with them. Yeah. Uh, that man, those teams. Um. We're, yeah, we are slightly too young to have experienced that. Um, my, most of my memories of Gretzky are uh, with the L.A. Kings and the New York Rangers. I remember uh, watching his last game. Uh, we still have that. Uh, Tom and I recorded his last game. We still have the VHS at, at our mom's house. Um, also, it's on YouTube now because, yeah, well, you know. You know. <laughs> 
Because because everyone has it on VHS at their mom's house, and someone decided to put it on the interweb. I, I think my, my favorite uh, hockey memory like that is uh, when Mario Lemieux came back, though. Yes. And then he was still, you know, a top player in the league after he came back from cancer and the, the whole back issues that he had as well. Yeah, that that was amazing. Um, if he had played the same length of career as Gretzky, I think the numbers would have been pretty close. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is amazing. It, it's downright amazing that you and I did not end up Penguins fans. Yeah. Because we did love Lemieux and Yager when we were kids. I, I was a Penguins fan for just a little bit. Yeah, Tom did, yeah, Tom did rock a Penguins hat, and I think he had a Penguins shirt at one point, too. Um, back then, it was a lot harder to get to get merchandise for teams that were not in your area. Yeah. You had to hope that the local Kmart or Hills had <laughs> just some random random team. Actually, our grandmother one year for Christmas, I, I was I was an established Packers fan by this point. Uh, this was, I mean, this was probably 1995 or something like that. So I've been a Packers fan for a couple of years by that point. And uh, for Christmas the one year, she got me uh, a Raiders hat. And it was a cool-looking Raiders hat, oh, and man. I wore it every now and then, but uh, it was just that was, you know, every once in a while you could get that kind of thing. And she worked for, uh, well, she was at Brownings by that point, and they, yeah. just, they just had this random this random Raiders hat, and she's like, well, the boys like sports. Snatched it up and, and gave it to me. I think that's how you got your Sharks hat uh, one yeah. time, too. Uh, yeah. Um, Again, but now you, hat, but yeah, but now you have these specialty sports shops in every mall where you can get any team under the sun except for the Dallas Stars. Seriously, dude, I cannot for the life of me find a Stars hat in this area. There was one at uh, at Cardboard Heroes. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. They had the one. Uh, that thing was huge. Oh, also, I saw and almost bought a Stevie McBeam hat. It was the you know the old yeah. Logo with why didn't the you? Because I I don't know I wasn't in the mood to spend money. That's amazing. Tom has a Steely McBeam shirt that I got him a couple years back for Christmas. For those of you who don't know, Steely McBeam is the Pittsburgh Steelers mascot. He is the most ridiculous mascot in all of the NFL. The only thing that could be more ridiculous Best. is if the Packers trotted out some sort of cow. Just no, a giant wheel of cheese. That would also be more ridiculous. I'm gonna call him right now. Yeah. Um. Because you can, because they're they're public owned. That's true. My phone will ring. Um, so I did want to go back to hockey for a moment and talk about my Dallas Stars. Why would you want to do that? Because they made a move to improve goaltending. They traded for the rights to negotiate with uh, former Lightning and Kings goalie Ben Bishop. Yes, they did. They traded a fourth round pick. So in the in the NHL, you can trade for the right to negotiate with the free agent. Now I thought that this was not the best move uh, because usually when you trade for the rights, you give up a seventh round pick. Yeah. But then I realized uh, it was pointed out to me on uh, the Devils podcast I listened to that they did trade for the rights to negotiate with him for you know a month and a half. Yeah. It wasn't a week before the the free agency yeah, period. Yeah. This happened much sooner than it usually does and that's why um Chicago got so much for Scott Darling too. Yeah. That these guys because that was a negotiation rights thing too. Um so you, yeah, you can trade for the right to negotiate with a player and usually it happens like a week or two before free agency opens. These are happening a month and a half, two months before free agency well, opens. It's the, it's the expansion draft and it's causing that's, yeah. uh inflation because yeah. people want to get something for 
for the player, and people want to get these players and get them signed to right. deals so they can protect them. And in both cases, there was going to be a bidding war for these goalies. Right. There was going to be a bidding war for Ben Bishop, and Dallas got out in front of it and offered the fourth-round pick. Well, and he was leaning towards Dallas in the first place. Yeah. That was one of his teams that he would have uh, preferred. Which I called in our NHL preview show that he would be a Dallas star this yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, and since the season is technically still going on, I did it. <laughs> I was right. It's a shame that he was Eric, no drop the balloons. Beep. Do we not have balloons? Um, fresh out. Kind of we second We got some rate. air and some latex gloves somewhere. Yeah. All right. So the big news is that Dallas is able to sign him to yeah. a six-year... Yeah. Uh, 29.5. Yeah, $29.5 million contract. So uh, next year, assuming... Las Vegas doesn't take one of these goaltenders from Dallas. As of right now, and I'm sure somebody will get bought out, um, Dallas has like $15.3 million wrapped up in goaltending next year. Kari Lettinen is due to make uh, almost $6 million. Antti Niemi, uh, about four and a half, And Ben Bishop, close to $5 million next year. All right, so who do you buy out? Uh, you, well, you don't buy anybody out until after the draft. I, I, I don't really see... Uh, Vegas taking either of them? I don't think that they will because they know that they'll be able to get them once the buyout happens. Right. I mean, they're still serviceable goaltenders for a team like Vegas, but when you have a team like Dallas that's built to win now, you can't go out there with goaltending like that. Actually, um, I I don't know. I, I think that their issues lie beyond goaltending as well. They have some defensive issues, but... And I think this... This might mask some of those issues, but they'll still be there. Right. They, no, they definitely have some defensive issues. Uh, that's That's been evident for a while. Um, the The key with the Bishop signing is, yeah, it does mask a little bit of it, but also the reason we have the defensive issues, they're all young guys. Right. So those issues will also take care of themselves as these guys progress as players. So it's a combination of getting Bishop and these guys having a year under their belts. Being able to go back and watch an entire year's worth of tape on themselves and find the weaknesses in their game that go day to day to day and being able to focus on those in the offseason and correct them. So I, I do think it helps. Um, I think if if Vegas was to take a goaltender, if um, it it would be probably Lettinen. I would think that too. And um, Niemi would wind up with the buyout and Dallas would probably bring a guy up from the AHL or probably sign a journeyman as the backup to Bishop. Yeah, when you guys signed two goalies at, at such a high rate, I, I just thought that was the dumbest thing. I was not a fan. I was not. Um, especially when you could have brought up a goalie uh, and get them NHL games and you know sort of develop them on the fly. Hey, somebody's watching our video. Hey, cool. Um, Hi. Yeah, I, I, I agreed with that, too. Um, I was a fan of the, of the Niemi signing, at the time, because I thought it meant buying out Kari Lettinen. Right. And it did not. No, it just meant not good goaltending. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. It, it, it turned into a rough situation. But I think that's all mostly behind us now. Well, and, well um, here's the thing. Um, if you get Ben Bishop to come in and, and, and he plays at the level that Ben Bishop plays, I don't know that it necessarily fixes your problems right offhand because – he may mask some of the defensive issues, but they're still there, and it it may result in a 10-point swing. Yeah, well, it, it'll probably result in a playoff spot for them, which, as we've seen in these playoffs, a goalie playing out of his mind can take you through a round or two. Yeah. 
and with a with an offense that like Dallas has, if you could get if you can get Ben Bishop playing the way he did, you know, last year, the year before uh, in the playoffs, was it two years ago when they mm-hmm. went to the finals? Uh, something like against that. Chicago. Uh, if you can get Ben Bishop playing at the level he was playing at that season, I think it'd be all right to to make a deep run like Dallas did last year. Um, it's just whether or not the scoring comes back for them, I think is is the bigger issue. Uh, having having gotten rid of some of those guys, um, but I think it's I think they're going to be all right in the long term. Um, well, you want to you want to have at least improve your defense to the point where they can push the play forward. Yeah, get a puck mover. But you stay away from Shattenkirk, concerned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got Klingberg still young, Alexiak still young, Nemeth still young, Lindell young, Johns young. I mean, they're, the only veteran they have on defense right now is Hamhuse. That's it. So maybe signing another veteran, and these guys, they're going to get better as you know they go through. Right. Um, I just don't know if you have a, a another top two defenseman right now. Yeah. Um, on the offensive side of things, though, uh, Probably losing uh, Patrick Sharp, uh, Yuri Hoodler, also a UFA, um, and uh, Alice Hemsky is also a UFA, which that signing did not turn out so well for us. but Not so much. Um, so they'll look to reload on that side too. But, yeah, no, the, the Bishop deal, I love the trade. I love the signing. Uh, if we can just jettison the other two, I will be a happy camper. There, there were a whole lot of people who... Hey, the person. Hey, so the person watching uh, is a friend of ours from childhood, Eddie. Eddie Engel. Oh, hey, what's up, Eddie? How's it going? Um, awesome. Yeah, I didn't see who was watching at first. Um, I I definitely think that uh, there were some crazy fantasies out there. I I heard one that the Devils should trade Corey Schneider to the Stars for the third overall pick. Have the first and third. <laughs> like, well, that would be nice to have the first and third pick. You don't have a goalie anymore, right? That's funny. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it, uh, it's gonna be interesting seeing all the move. I mean, we we haven't really seen something like this in right. a long time, um, and especially because they've changed the way they're doing the the draft. Um, the you know for Vegas, I think that's uh, gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how free agency plays out. We've already seen it unfold with Darling and Bishop. Yep. Uh, which the Darling deal, I love that for Carolina. I think that's gonna make them. Uh, very competitive this year. Just um, what we need in the Metro. More competition. Yeah, right? Um, I know a lot of people are like, can Darling do it? Can he be the number one? I think he can. Um, I don't, you know. Cam Ward is getting up there in age. Yeah. he's He'll be he'll be left unprotected. He could be the Vegas, yeah, he, he could. Vegas um, uh, goalie. I don't know. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of speculation until the end of June. Because the uh, expansion draft is the 21st of June. Yes, yeah, and then the draft draft is the twenty third, and then free agency is July first. Yep. So yeah, it's it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, I think the landscape is going to change quite a bit, um, but you're still going to have those teams like Pittsburgh and Chicago that you know. Yeah, I know Chicago got knocked out in the first round this year, but you're still going to have those powerhouse teams that can reload no matter what happens. Yeah. Um There will be big changes coming for for Chicago. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if if. Uh, Coach Q isn't there much longer. What they fired his top assistant, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess he was he was assured that that was not uh, that was not a warning shot across the bow of his ship. But oh, it sure um, was. Yeah, he he was told that it was not. Uh, we'll see. Um, well, like that is it on NHL, and we've covered Major League Baseball, and we have covered the NBA. Right. Um, 
we do. It is going to be a quick show today. It's not going to be very long. I have a lot of things going on. My daughter is having surgery uh, tomorrow, so I got to hightail it out of here and head down to Columbus. Um, but uh, uh, I was kind of going back and forth on. Uh, oh, hey, something else happened on the video. This is the first time we've done the live. It's exciting seeing people come in and out and watching and whatnot. Um, I was kind of going back and forth on what to do for the last uh, for the last segment in the show today. Yeah. Um, and I think I decided it's going to be uh, an, an induction into our basement of fame. And I think because of him being honored by the Yankees last night, it should be Derek Jeter. Okay. That, that works. Uh, Jeets just got his number retired last night, as we mentioned earlier. Um the cornerstone of that franchise for, you know, as long as we can remember. <laughs> yeah. What, 95, 96? Oh, something like something that. Something like that, yeah. So, um. He got his rings. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, 310 batting average over the course of his career, uh, 3,465 hits, uh, 260 home runs, 1,311 runs batted in, played for the Yankees from 95 to 2014. He was a 14-time All-Star. Um, 98 to two, 2002, 2004, 2006 to 2012, and 2014. The 2014 one was, you know, kind of an honoring your career type of deal because he yeah. was not an all-star in 2014. Um, five-time world champion, uh, 96, 98 through 2000 and 2009. He was the MVP of that 2000 World Series team. He won five gold gloves, five silver sluggers, um, Won the uh, A.L. Hank Aaron Award twice. Won the Roberto Clemente Award in 2009. uh, And he was the captain from 2003 to 2014. Yep. He he was the best player in baseball for a a stretch there. Um, Always entertaining to watch defensively. One of the best defensive shortstops I've ever watched. Yeah, yeah. Um, He made plays that not many can. Yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'm hard pressed to think of one in that time frame that was as good as uh, or better than him um, athletically, and you know, obviously did it with the bat too, with the 310 batting average over the career. Um, but he was like, so the Cubs have you know Mr. Cub with Ernie Banks, and the Yankees have such a long illustrious history. It's hard to say that any of them is Mr. Yankee. Yeah, but I think he's got one of the best cases, uh, right up right up there. Yeah. They usually go with you know the more historical player, but yeah. I don't know. He was so great. Maybe it's biased from having watched him and not watched guys like Lou Gehrig and Roger Maris and and uh, Babe Ruth and and guys like that. Maybe it's a bias on our part um, thinking that he's that high in the conversation. But you know he did a lot for that franchise. Yeah, I mean, but I I don't know if you can discount Babe Ruth considering he was a pitcher as well, yeah. as well as being one of the greatest hitters of all time. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hard to... It's a discussion to have. It is. Uh, maybe not today since we're talking about Jeter here. Uh, the Houston Astros had the first pick of the 1992 draft, and guess who they didn't select? <laughs> I'm sure they uh, kicked themselves for that. Yeah. Um, Especially uh, having been so bad for most of that time. Yeah, he was, uh, I think he was like the sixth overall pick. Um, so no, a number of teams had to have passed on him. But yeah, the Astros... I think of him on that Astros team with uh, Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell. What that would have? It would have uh, gotten them closer. Yeah, what they had one appearance. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I um I miss watching Jeter play. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> guys picked ahead of uh, Derek Jeter, Phil Nevin by the Astros, Paul Shuey by the Indians, 
BJ Wallace by the Expos, Jeffrey Hammonds by the Orioles, Chad Matola by the Reds. A literal who's that of players. And now so in that in that first round, um the two closest players to his level of play from that draft, Johnny Damon picked at thirty five by the Royals, and Jason Kendall picked at twenty three by the Pirates. And neither of them had the type of career they didn't have the length, for sure. Um and neither of them were at that level for as many years. Yeah. Um, yeah, really just the one big name out of that draft. It's weird. But our video just died, so I shut it down and getting ready to post that. Got that posted up to the Facebook. Um, yeah, and so there there was a discussion about was was Derek Jeter the last face of baseball? Uh, maybe. I mean, you have guys today like Mike Trout who, you know, you can consider him sort of a face of baseball, but there are so many players that are that are sort of, you know, on the same level. I think I think the way to go if you're looking for a face of baseball right now, I think it's Chris Bryant. And I know I might come off as a little biased that way, but you look at it, NL Rookie of the Year, next year, NL MVP, World Series champion, that's the foundation you want for the face of baseball. And yeah, it, Mike Trout does seem like a, a, he is an excellent choice. Top three choice for the face of baseball right now. But he's playing on such a poor team that I, I really do think that the, the, the new face of baseball needs to come from a winner. Eric's saying hi to everybody on Facebook Live. I just relaunched. I just noticed they actually went live, so I was like, hey, I'm going to say hi. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but no, for, yeah, for the new face of baseball after, after Jeter's retirement, Trout is an excellent choice, but he plays on the West Coast. Not a lot of exposure out here. He's on after a lot of people go to bed. Right. And he's on a bad team right now. So I, I, I would think a guy like Chris Bryant or maybe um, he doesn't get as much exposure as I'd like. I think Mookie Betts would be a pretty good face of baseball. Yeah, but I just I, I think that, that your your face of baseball has to be a cut above. I you know? think Bryant and Mookie Betts are. Well, I, don't, I, I think that, that right now there isn't that one definitive best player in baseball. Right. Right now it's, there's a jumble of players at the top who, you know, one year it can be this guy, one year it can be this guy. Um, well, part of the problem is baseball isn't pushing to make anyone the face of baseball right now. They have all these marketable young stars. What are they doing? Um, I don't know. These guys do local commercials for, you know, the people, for the, the companies that are sponsoring the broadcasts. But there are not that many big national uh, uh, endorsement deals for these guys for Major League Baseball to be pushing the, these new stars. I mean, you got Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg. Those two together would be a power in, in, in Washington that could sell so much. Why not expand that into the rest of you know the rest of the eastern part of the country and you know take it out west a little bit? Use guys like Paul Goldschmidt and Trout and. Uh, Kershaw. Yes, thank you. Uh, Clayton Kershaw out west. Use those guys out west and bring them more towards the middle of the country with your advertising. Push these young faces of baseball. Go to go to Chicago where you have Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Kyle Schwarber. You've got faces of baseball everywhere. Well, I think it's because baseball is dying, TM. <laughs> Please don't do that. I hate Craig Calcaterra so much. I think he's funny. I cannot stand Calcaterra. Um, but, uh, but attendance was down, Michael. Baseball is not dying. Attendance was down. Um, they they just they need to do a better job marketing their stars. I don't know. I I kind of like baseball the way it is. 
where you know each team has their own guy. You know, I would I I'd like a more front and center. It's it's been proven it can be done with the other sports. LeBron is everywhere. Aaron Rodgers is on State Farm commercials all the time. Um, you know, hockey's not that popular right now in in America. It's I would love for it to be, but it's not. Part of that they don't market their players. Sure they do. Don't you see those uh, those skate commercials with with Sidney Crosby and, and Connor McDavid? Yeah, on the NHL Network. Yeah, the only way you're going to see those is if you're already tu- tuning the in. Entire network. If they have a whole network for it. So do the other three sports. Yeah. So why aren't they all equal? And two of them market their because two of them market their stars. The other two don't. Because what happens when baseball tries to market their stars, they end up with a guy on TV saying he goes dirt biking on his off days and then getting himself hurt on a dirt bike that he wasn't supposed to be on on his off day. That's why you don't. That's why they don't do it. That's why you don't pick guys like Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> oh, I'm sure every baseball player does something stupid on their day off. Uh, probably. But still, I mean, ba- baseball is not doing enough to market its young stars. I, I, I would argue that it's on the players to market themselves. That's how people get big deals. They get themselves an agent, and they get their name out there to people. It's not on baseball to market these people. It's no. on these people to market themselves. The way that these NFL or, players get, get their faces out there is the NFL takes their showcase game of Sunday Night Football, and they put these players on, and they feature them on these, and that gives them the face time, and that gives them the exposure they need to get these deals. Major League Baseball needs to do that with Sunday Night Baseball with their showcase game. But and people they don't, don't watch Sunday Night Baseball. Enough people do. I don't. Th- I think people are flipping through the channels. They see Sunday Night Baseball. They continue on because it's either the Red Sox or the Yankees or one of the three teams that they put on there. Right. Well, and that yeah, and that that is another problem. MLB focuses on this handful of six teams, and they don't push these these marketable guys. Same problem with hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they focus on these few teams. Although the next year's Winter Classic, the Rangers and the Saber. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people do. There are a crap ton of Rangers fans out there. No, there uh, aren't. There are. Well, they made the wrong choice. Anywho. Um, well, so back back to Derek Jeter, our newest member of the Basement of Fame. Congratulations, Jeter. I know this is the greatest honor you've ever received this week. Um, Today. All right, in the last 30 seconds. All right, we're crap. That's that's right. That's that's correct. Are you happy now, Tom? Yes. All right. Well, like I said, it was going to be a short show today, and we are approaching noon here. Um, so, Eastern. Yes, standard Eastern time. Standard Time. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks, everybody, on the Facebook Live. Yeah, thumbs up. Uh, this has been Ballpark Bros, and we will talk sports at you next week. Hey, everybody. Eric here to tell you about a special promotion my charity, Comicare, is running. We are up for a challenge, and we need your support. At Comicare, we spend all year traveling to hospitals and collecting smiles from children and their families and leave comic books behind to keep the smiles going. Well, now we want to see your smiles, and we want to post them on our pages, too. This July 20th through 23rd, we will bring Arizona Tony Stark to the San Diego International Comic Con and take on one of our biggest challenges yet. We will have four days to collect as many pictures as we can of smiling supporters with Tony. How many can we collect? 100? 300? 500? We'll run for the 1,000 mark, but you never know. Will you pledge a couple of pennies for each photo we collect? Just think, if you pledge just two cents per picture and we collect a hundred photos, your donation will be two dollars. If we collect a thousand, twenty dollars. Either way, a small price to pay to be part of our continuing mission. We appreciate all your support in the past and we know you will enjoy being a part of this adventure. So please visit comicare.org slash one thousand smiles. That's C O M I C A R E dot org slash one zero 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 smiles. 
Visit our page, click that pledge button, and throw us a couple of cents per smile. You're free to put a cap on your donation so it doesn't get out of hand just in case Tony gets crazy and gets 10,000 smiles. You don't have to worry about getting nuts. Just visit our page at comicare.org slash 1000smiles and make your pledge today.